Welcome to the Home Ownership and Marriage Podcast with the Low Property Team, where it is all about running a successful business together and balancing a healthy marriage. Host Jarrell and Brittany Lowe. Purpose and passion is to help you create the life you want by turning your combined passions into generational wealth while sharing what they've learned on their journey with you. Let's get started. Market shifts, prices dropping, and housing crisis. We've heard it all. I hope to provide a little context today in this episode of what this all means and how it applies to you. My name is Jarrell Lowe, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Home Ownership and Marriage. So let's jump straight into it. Stop. Again, I say stop and stop and stop the bidding and start winning. Buyers and sellers, this applies to you most importantly right now as we're shifting markets. Sellers, understand if you're chasing last year's prices, it's important that you prep your home and get it on the market so where you can drive as much attention as possible, as much clientele as possible into that home. But buyers, buyers out there, Welcome to the new normal market. What does that mean? What does that look like? Drill, are you crazy? For the past two plus years, we've heard from the listing side of homes, present your best, cleanest, and highest offer. Well, what if our best, cleanest, and highest offer wasn't enough? What if we didn't crack the top 15? What if we didn't even get to the top three? Then you have to figure out how to offer a kidney, a lung, or something else that can just bolster your offer and package. You know, at that time, we were seeing anywhere from 20 to 35 offers on a home, and inventory was at an all-time low. When we talk about an all-time low, if there was 20 offers on a home, one person would win. The other 19 were shopping that next home. So this is what created that crazed market of bidding wars, and just competition, competition, competition. For the listing side, for the sellers, this was a great thing, right? Because it wasn't much that you had to do. I had a home that I want to put on the market. I didn't have to do any advertising. I didn't have to do any marketing. I didn't have to do any strategizing on what we were listing it at. The market was dictating that because there were so many buyers and not enough inventory. Here we are, 2022, and we're seeing market shifts. Well, I'm not going to address the housing crisis deal today. That's another topic for another episode, but we're not there. We're going to talk about the market shifts, and we're going to talk about how hard it was to get an offer accepted in those past two plus two, three years, let's say, during the pandemic. But that time, The time is starting to change into the favor of the buyers and sellers. Houses are still selling above value if the appropriate steps are taken. Well, Drew, what are the appropriate steps? If you're trying to get max dollar for your home, there's going to be some items that you should do to bolster your house to the buyers that are out there. Let's just be honest. The interest rates aren't working in our favor. So what are we going to do to help buyers, right? What can we provide to buyers if they think our home, this home, could be their forever home or next home? What are we going to do to stand out against the other 13 homes in our our zip code? 
the other 78 homes last, I think it was last month, we seen an increase of 191 homes in our market area. So what are you going to do? You know, for what we're, uh, and just to give a little detail, insight, how we're talking and communicating with our sellers. What about supporting with closing costs? What if we're offering a credit to buy down some points since we know the interest rates are high? These are little details and packages as sellers. If we're chasing top dollar, yes, we can still obtain that. We can still have multiple offers submitted on the home, but we also now have to enter this new market where, you know what? There's a lot more inventory. Uh, There's a lot of buyers right now. And how do we get them to choose our property so we can ensure a successful transaction? Well, there's a lot that we can go into and I can keep just going on and on. But I do want to say the days of waiving contingencies, all cash offers, and giving up a kidney and or lung to escalate your offer to the top is over. That market was in the past. In some markets, it may still be there. What we're experiencing in our market is houses are still going for about 10 to 13% over asking, which is a great thing. And we're still receiving anywhere from two to eight offers per home, depending on how that home is presented and how you bring it to the market. You know, there's a lot of pre-work that needs to go into this process. And what we have to understand, it's no more staking your for sale sign out in front of the home and just letting the market do what it do. no. There's work that needs to be done. And this is the great part. This is a normal market, what we're going to be experiencing in these next three to four months. As the feds continue to seek ways to hike up that uh, interest rate, I think what we're going to realize is those homes that have been prepped on the selling side will sell within that eight-day time frame. For those that have not been prepped, let's talk about it because here's the new norm that we're talking about and those late adopters are having having a challenge keeping up. I don't know if you've noticed, but we're seeing tons of price reductions. We're seeing homes sit on the market for longer days than anticipated. The norm two, three years ago was seven to 12 days. Now we're seeing homes sit 14 to 18 days. And something new that we've been experiencing, it's almost just like mind-blowing. Listing agents are calling back to see if we're still interested. And I find this interesting, right? And this is why I believe relationships matter. I believe you hold yourself to a standard for all those agents that were rude because they had 30, 40 listings out there or 30, 40 offers on a home. You can still be cordial. You can still be professional. You can still communicate in such a way that, you know what? This wasn't the one we decided to go with, but here's how we're going to do it. Because I have to share this example with you. Our clients are now, they now just gotten a contract on their home, right, on a home, and it was their number two home that they had. The number one home on their list, we came in fourth, the agent was rude, and it was hard to communicate with this gentleman just about what's going on, what's happening. If you haven't heard much about me and Brittany, but we have a communication where we want to talk to you. And I know you're busy, but I think having that line of communication builds a line base of understanding and how we can work through this deal together. Their number one home, they decided to go with the highest, best, and cleanest offer, which is rightful. And, you know, hey, we salute it. We appreciate you and hope it works out the best. 
Three days later, we got our offer accepted on that second home. It didn't quite meet all the check boxes, maybe 75%. But they said, you know what? We really feel good about this home. We feel great, you know, moving through it. Um, so here we are. We're just completed submitting the EMD. We just fi- and finished our buyer's inspection period. Everything checks out. And Brittany gets a call. She gets a call from the listing agent of their number one home that they absolutely loved. And he says, hey, I just wanted to circle back around to see if your clients were interested or still interested in such and such court. And Brittany was like, wait, what? And I'm sitting here like, what? We've never once spoken to you. You never communicated anything in that two-week time period. And our clients had to find out through Zillow that the house was pending because you never shared that you decided to go with the offer or communicate through disclosures, right? Like, I.O., come on, man. We need some type of communication. We presented this information to the clients, and they said, no, we're okay. We're okay because we actually like the communication we've gotten. We've liked how this process is, this experience has been thus far with this agent and the sellers. And you know what? We can make this home work for us. And I think what we're experiencing, right, with the listing agents now calling back, if you were in a top two, three, four, I think that's where the leverage is starting to shift. Buyers, this is becoming your market. I think we don't have to be afraid of what we're going to have to get up. We're going to have to write a non-contingent offer or are we going to get beat out by all cash offers? I think the statement of stop bidding and start winning is ever more clear and prevalent in the market we're getting ready to enter. So what does the new market look like? That's a great question because we're all learning as we go along right now. As I said, the past two years, man, it was crazy. It was crazy. So much happening so in such a fast, real, real fast time, and we were trying to keep up. Man, I just remember Brittany and I will be out, out riding, out showing, and I'm talking about one client. We can go out and view 10, 12 houses at a time and write three or four offers, and then, man, we're hoping. But I think there's a lot that can be taken from the last two to three years and what we can give for ourselves moving forward right now. As we enter the new market, prepare to negotiate. And what do I mean by negotiate? There's several ways buyers can prepare to negotiate, right? We talked about on the seller side where we can offer credits, we can help with closing costs. What can we do to help benefit the new family or uh, individual that's going to be coming into the home? Well, buyers, I think we have the opportunity to negotiate, and this is what we're communicating with our buyers. You know, we can't live in fear right now, like, what if another offer is going to beat me? What if it's, look, if we're looking at homes, and we've noticed that these homes have been sitting on the market 12 to 15 days and have not experienced a price reduction, that's when we're on the phone communicating with the agent to see, let's get some dialogue, let's get some background, what's happening with this particular property. Once we get that information, if the price reduction happens, Then we come in with an aggressive offer right around asking, and this is where you can, hey, buyers, why don't we negotiate some inspections? Why don't we ask them 50-50 some of these reports? Or why don't we ask for some closing cost credits? You know, some of these things, it's going to go both ways, right, for the sellers and buyers. The sellers want to sell the home because the longer it sits, the longer it hurts the marketing plan of that home. 
And for us, the longer it sits, the more it helps us with being able to call this place home. So I think we have to be prepared to negotiate. Great example. My clients, we're shopping right now. And we came across a home that's offering 50000 towards closing costs. So when we sat down and we looked at everything, and the great thing is, is I'm not going to go much detail in their package, but the great thing is they're able to go back and forth between FHA and conventional, right? They, they had the flexibility. Numbers were getting really tight and we had to lower our shopping window, you know, what we were looking for in homes. But with this particular home that we're in communication with the agent about, Sellers are offering a 50000 closing cost credit, $50,000. That adjusts a whole lot for them with their purchasing power. So right now, as we're preparing to submit an offer on this home, I think it's important to also note, me and Brittany strongly believe that the three Ps are not going anywhere, regardless, right? I think the three Ps are going to still be prevalent, regardless of the market we're shifting to, right? Price, package, presentation. Even though it's the toting pole is starting to shift a little towards the buyers, right? We're talking about that market shift. It's still important to present a price that represents what the value of that home is going to be or what we anticipate it to be, that package and presentation. You know why? Because we want to put our best foot forward. We want this to be a smooth, clean, and simple escrow for both parties. And we want you to get everything that you need and what we anticipate to be fair. And I'm trying to be cautious with that fair statement because I can get into a lot of trouble about, this is not fair or that's not fair. Well, why did they get all this? Right now, we're preparing to negotiate. And part of what we're negotiating is... Not only are they offering that 50000 of closing costs, but we need help with some of these inspections. You know, let's go 50-50 on the foundation inspection, the pest report, right? The pest inspection, because we want to ensure that this house is a great house for our family, move, their family moving in. And that's why we stay focused on the three Ps, because the three Ps are still going to present us in such a way that, hey, even though I'm offering the credits or closing costs or splitting, they're more willing to, hey, you know what? This is a great buying side representation, and we're going to do this because they came with the three Ps and it looked great. Point two, what we have to understand about this new market, what it looks like. Interest rates have cooled down the market. Just a little, though. Let me reiterate that. Just a little. Interest rates have cooled it down just a little. If your AC is pumping at 70, yeah, then the market has been turned down a little to about 68, 67 degrees in the house. Why? Why is the market like this? Well, you, you have to put it in the context, right? The largest buying population is the millennials right now. And their peak purchasing time is 2022 to 2025. So when we're talking about there's 1.5, 1.7 million buyers in the market, yes, there's a lot of people that have been scared off by rising interest rates. Oh my gosh, these interest rates are dismal. Oh my, who's going to pay that much? And it's realtors, what we find is we're trying to educate people to, one, stop paying attention to your news media, right? Like, get to the experts. I'm not saying we're interest rate experts. At least, I'm not, I'm not all trying to say that. But what you have to do is get around someone that understands it to help you understand where we're at in this cycle. 
Again, I think I said this a few episodes ago, and I'll say it again now. If you got your house anytime between December 2019 and now, or a few months ago, congratulations on getting an interest rate below 3%. Congratulations. You have gotten a steal of a deal. Now we're at 5%, almost at 5.5, whatever we're at right now. You guys, relax a little bit. It's okay. We're still at historical low rates. Well, why are you saying that? Woodrow, what are you talking about? You don't know what you're saying. Yeah, okay, I've heard it all. But go ask your parents or your grandparents if they bought in the 70s and 80s and what they purchased at. In the early 80s, I'm not going to tell my birth date, I'm not going to tell my age, but during my birth date in the early 80s, prices, interest rates were 18.25. Think about that a little bit. Yes, I get it. Keep it in context because housing prices weren't that high. But again, this is why we're telling everyone home ownership is so important. Not because it gives you the freedom to have your piece of ownership in something in this world, but because it's the fastest growing equity. It's the fastest growing wealth machine that's available. So you got to take advantage. If you bought in 1980, I'm telling you right now, your house has made you three, four times over. We have to take advantage of this times and not let interest rates be the reason while we're standing on the sidelines still. So the millennials, the millennials are at the peak purchasing time right now. We're right in the midst of it. It says 2022 to 2025, according to NAR reports. So you're telling me we're starting 2022 with this where we're at and we're seeing, we're expected this to taper off in 2025. And you have to understand some of this data. Why? Because the data that we observe is trailing data. When we talk about trailing data, it means typically the data we get in June, it's really derived from what's happening in May, right? So, for example, if you're, let's just use basic numbers. If, you're, if you write an offer on a home right now, it's going to take 30 days for you to close that escrow and receive the keys and move into that home. So that data we're getting for August is a real representation of what's happening in July. I don't know if that makes sense, but we have to understand what trailing data, it's not like here and right now data. We're observing that. But let's talk about what we've seen in June. June median prices still went up. Allowing the interest rates to provide a monetary cooling period we know people that we, Brittany and myself, know people that are still taking advantage of this time to avoid massive competition. How do we avoid the massive competition? Well, let's just be honest. There's still going to be homes available. There's going to still be families that need to move, relocate, upsize, downsize, regardless of the fact. And the clients that we have right now, they're like, dude, I'm not going to let the interest rate stop us. And matter of fact, this house that we are looking at right now that's offering a $50,000 credit it checks 75% of our boxes, but that $50,000 credit can help us push this to 95% of our check boxes because it helps us get in. And that's the biggest thing right now. Get your foot in the door. I think I said earlier in the show, I'm not going to discuss, I'm not going to talk about the housing crisis. I'm not going to talk about the market crash, but I, I do want to highlight this one thing. 
And this is really what I pay attention to, what me and Brittany try to pay attention to. And it's really the inventory levels. As long as they are low, prices will continue to increase because the millennials are shopping that market right now. The inventory is still low. They're still small. I'm not saying that there's major bidding wars. That's not what I'm saying. But there's still those two to three offers that are being submitted are strong offers. Why? Because their pre-approval is tight, their package is tight, their price is right, and they're submitting at the right moment. That's going to draw the best attention to them. Attention? Yeah. You know what? We're going to negotiate 50-50. I need your help to close some of these inspection reports. If you didn't provide it, I need your help to pay it. And this is what the new normal market's about, right? It's a give or take. Last three years, sellers were getting everything and the children. <laughs> like, here, take my newborn. But now, in this new market, welcome. This is what normal looks like. Inventory levels are still low. Millennials are at their purchasing peak power. We got three years of this. So where do you fit in? What does this mean for you? As always, me and Brittany share it, and we're going to continue to share it until the sheeps come home. Seek representation that can help you navigate some of the headaches that could arrive during the changing market. What's going to arrive? Well, if you haven't worked with a lender that has reworked your numbers to ensure that you still have that purchasing power, that's giving you an updated interest rate. And it's important to have a lender and a realtor that are in close proxy or a close relationship so you can aggressively attack some of these homes that are coming up. I expect This one that we're writing on tonight for our clients, I feel pretty confident about it. Why? Because we're submitting a very fair offer for both parties and giving them the price that they want for the home, plus some. Point two, don't chase. Find the properties that meet your buying needs. Don't chase. You have to be intentional about what you're looking for. And if it checks, as we tell our clients, if as it checks 75% of your goals, now observe the area. Observe what things, if it, okay, it doesn't have a jacuzzi. Gosh, this house doesn't work. Well, you can put a jacuzzi in there. Don't let that be the deal breaker. But don't chase these properties as people were doing in the last three years. Prepare to negotiate. That's where the fun is, right? You got to be able to negotiate. And that's where Brittany and myself, we love to communicate. We love to get on the phone and let's talk turkey. How can we get this done? What do you need? Here's what I need. And working through those sticking points, right? And lastly, I think this is something that regardless, it transcends any market. It's our secret ingredient. Brittany told me not to share it, but I don't care. I'm just going to share it. Communication. You know, like I shared earlier in the podcast, we talked about that listing agent. And I don't want to bring a bad rap to his name because I'm not perfect. But I always believe in treating people better than they treat me. And in this business, if you keep a professional relationship with agents, just in case something doesn't work out with that offer you accepted, then you know you've built a relationship with us on professional communication. That... My friends, communication will transcend any market, regardless if it's a buyer's market, seller's market, a cold market, a hot market. As long as we communicate with clients, let them know the ins and outs, let them know what to expect, help them to prepare for this process and journey. 
with listing agents uh, and, and buying agents. Hey, stay in communication regardless if they're first or last. Why? Because last will always be important in the long run, just as important as first. And if I can leave you with anything, stop. Stop bidding and start winning. That's the new market we're in. And it's going to take a little skill set to get us to that place of every party being able to win. I appreciate you guys tuning into this episode. We're diving deeper into this new market, this new second half of the year. We're excited to keep bringing you what we've learned, what we're continuing to learn, and share how we can all get better together. As always, as Brittany shares, if you have any questions, reach out to us. Our uh, handle is at Low Property Team across all mediums, and we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to take you to a cup of coffee. We'd like to support you with this home buying journey or even ask some questions, answer some questions. Just reach out and let's talk soon. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Homeownership and Marriage with the Low Property Team. If you would like more information, helpful resources, or would like to book a personal consultation with the Lowe's, head over to lowpropertyteam.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, Jarrell and Brittany would be so grateful if you shared their podcast with a friend and leave them a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening. The Low Property Team would like to say thank you for supporting their show and being a listener. See you next time on another episode of Homeownership and Marriage.